You're listening to the 123 Show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Monday afternoon. Let's turn to our very first topic of the week. This afternoon, we're talking about bees in Hong Kong. Now, we often hear how important bees are to our uh, biodiversity, but just how important are they right here in Hong Kong? And how can we appreciate our bees more? And to talk about this, I'm really delighted to be chatting with amateur wildlife uh, photographer Marco Chan. And Marco is also an ecology student now studying at the University of Hong Kong, and he also runs Eco Tours here. Thank you for, so much for joining us this afternoon, Marco. Thank you for inviting me again, Noreen. It's it's a really good, it's a, it's a great time to be here. Yeah, it's such a pleasure to, to have you on the program again. And for our listeners who want to be viewers today, uh, feel free to join us on Facebook. We are live this afternoon on Facebook, uh, Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3. So, um, by the way, uh, f- those of you who may have uh, heard Marco on last time may know that he runs a wonderful Instagram page where he, he takes wonderful macro pictures of insects up close. And I think last time we were talking about how up close these insects are fascinating to look at really sort of yeah. handsome features and i remember laughing yeah. at the fact that i, I didn't <laughs> expect to uh, uh, describe a, a praying mantis as handsome but those big sort of black eyes and just the features are so symmetrical um it's amazing so uh, if you want to follow marco on instagram he is that underscore that b underscore guy um so what started your fascination and your interest in bees so so I think when it comes to bees, it has to talk about the title, right? And I think so. So my Instagram like name is like they said that bee guy, uh, but when people look at the page and then they don't see a lot of bee photos, and then I've I've received messages from people overseas and telling me I'm scamming people, <laughs> like why aren't why aren't you? Aren't, I mean, we want the bee pictures. Like I don't hate, yeah, yeah I, it's not. Like I don't. It's not like I hate bees. I don't hate bees. I love bees. Bees are awesome. The uh, the behaviors and the appearances that they have are quite they're quite extraordinary but i think how the name came about was uh around secondary three so in my classroom my classroom is situated a little bit high in school and then sometimes you would get bees flying into the classroom or wasps flying into yeah. the classroom and then my, and then i will always be the one to like oh like like try to shoo them away and then my and then my classmates kind of kind of lend me, oh, yo, so you're that bee guy. Okay, then, then, okay, your turn, get rid of it. But no, that's the origin of my name. But for bees, I think um, they're such an integral part to our ecosystem because they play such a fundamental role in how you get a barren patch of landscape into such a, like a lush piece of forest or rainforest even. And that's from the nature perspective. They're, they're really beautiful and they're really, really interesting to observe. And from a human perspective, and this I think we'll talk about it later, is that they actually bees are very important to our society. So uh, I'll talk about this a little bit. Uh, so bees, as everybody knows, are pollinators. And if you know for the agricultural crops, uh, they always bloom and then they have a flowering period. And usually with that, farmers will actually keep a little bit of bees around, around the farm. And then the bees will actually help to pollinate the crops. And much of our food supply that we consume every day actually comes from these pollinators, these not just bees, but butterflies, little moths as well, hoverflies as well. They play a very integral part of like distributing, like distributing pollen towards different plants, different flowers and spreading, spreading species around, spreading these flowering species around, but not in agricultural, but not in agricultural, but in the nature perspective, they spread these around. And 
without these pollinators, the the the, the flowers they can't they won't able to they were unable to reproduce. We don't get the vegetables that we usually eat today, and you get the food supply that's that that will be declining with the decline of pollinators. So they they share a really close relationship between uh between bees and our food. So I think after reading this piece of information, I'll be I was like, oh, that's actually interesting. I always saw bees as just shaping the landscape. Of nature, but not as actually directly impacting our society as well. Because without bees, we we would go into a food crisis. That's right. I, I think I remember reading that somewhere, and and I never knew that either、um, until you sort of mentioned that earlier. It, it makes complete sense because if you remove that from the ecosystem, then it sort of collapses,、mm-hmm. and then you know, foods don't certain foods don't grow, certain flowers don't、uh, aren't able to pollinate, and that really is、yeah. is affected. But why why wasn't this sort of known earlier or discovered earlier, and why isn't so much attention sort of paid、uh, towards bees? I think. Before, not when 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 we're starting to really observe the impacts of global warming, and some of the destructive actions of people, I think some researchers are then looking into the declining numbers of bees, and then then fully understanding how bees actually shape our society as well. And once they took a grasp, they have a they have a good grasp of that relationship, then. Those statistics then become alarming. People then start to become aware that oh wow, bees actually play such an important part to our living, not directly, but it's kind of directly. But so if we lose our bees, we lose well this, what we this have. This. Well, yes. Yeah, eating is like like eating is a very important part of the human life. So when you take away the food supply, the whole world's gonna go. It's gonna go bonkers. Yeah, I was thinking about that word <laughs>、uh, too. <laughs> yes,、yeah. it, it will go bonkers. Yeah. Um, yeah. Marco, let's relate it、uh, closer to home in in our city.、Mm-hmm. What are the sorts of bees that that we come across? I, I was watching a documentary、um, on RTHK,、mm-hmm. funnily enough, and I came across something called the bamboo nesting bee, also known as the carpenter、uh, bee.、Yeah. I've never、mm-hmm. seen one of those in real life. I've never actually noticed that these bees、uh, live in a bamboo type stick.、Mm-hmm. I mean, are they quite common in Hong Kong? I guess they're quite common. I've seen quite a few. So, like you said, bam-、uh, those、uh, carpenter bees—they usually drill holes into bamboo and then nest in there. And those are what we classify solitary bees. So these bees, while they do interact with other bees, they fight over territory. They they go to they go for mating, but they rarely, like, they don't act as a social group. They usually, as individuals, divide it in a small area. Because when you think of bees, and, you think of a beehive, and all the bees、uh, yeah. are sort of in that.、Yeah. But these bees、mm-hmm. live by themselves, so to speak. Yeah.、Uh, but while they still live by themselves, they still go out and forage for nectar. They go look look flowers as well. And yeah, so that's what we call the solitary bees. And the other type of bee is what you mentioned before: is when you have a group of bees. Making a beehive. So the most common one, I think, is the、uh, Eurasian honeybee. Honeybee. That's the、yeah. most. The、uh, honeybees are well, the, generally、oh. the most white, but the most well-known bee in the world. In Hong Kong, I think we have two species. We have the Western honey and the Eurasian honey, if、oh, I remember correctly. A, a Eurasian、uh, one. So it's half Asian, yeah, half I, Western, or half Europe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah.、Uh, and I think the difference between the two, I think, if I remember correctly, is in the banding on the abdomen. I'm not. I'm still not like completely sure how to、yeah. identify them because I'm not too. I'm haven't been looking the bees that in depth. But then, what I've been told is the banding on the abdomen and the colours a little, as a slightly different. Ah, 
but generally we we, we used to used to seeing the Eurasian honeybees more yeah. and like you said they create these uh beehives made from wax and inside you, you have low compartments and actually look each low compartment is sometimes store food and actually sometimes they actually store their larva so their babies are there and babies because because babies because baby bees aren't like mantises so if, if you compare baby bee to a mantis the mantis when it hatches out it can go out and find food for itself and it can defend for itself but for as a bee larvae it can't really defend it's more like a grub like a beetle grub so it's defense is like this little worm thing, a little bit. Can't flat. do much for itself. It still relies yeah, yeah. on the sort of the adult bees yeah, to so, look so after it them. Relies on the workers. They come oh, back and then, and they feed the bee with uh, protein and sugar, and yeah, and they also communicate as well. And so social bees actually, they will kind of wiggle around and they kind of communicate with other uh, other bees and telling them which patch of flowers so where's the patch of flowers that they just went to that has the best amount of nectar best and best amount of nectar and then they'll communicate that with other bees so it's kind of like a texting chain <laughs> where they will communicate so, okay that, that's where the good restaurant is yeah, and then, and then the bees will also go forage there yeah Wow. Um, and, and they work really hard. I mean, just going by w- yeah. w- what, what I was saying um, earlier about the bamboo nesting bee, also the carpenter bee, um, they wake up really early, crack of dawn, and yeah. they're foraging for, for nectar already. So sometimes we don't yeah. actually get to see them because they wake yeah. up sort of before we do. So are they sort mm-hmm. of hard to photograph? Are they hard to see uh, for, for day-to-day uh, uh, for, for us in the city, city people? I think in the city it's still possible because, like I said, bees go look for flowers because of the nectar they have and the pollen they have so the best way to look for bees i would say is to find a good batch of flowers so for example if you, even if you go to somewhere near in central like hong kong park you do have a little bit of flower garden there yeah. you get butterflies and i've seen the the, the cup the black carpenter bee flying around there sometimes because they're not so, small they're actually quite big yeah. um well they're, yeah, they're known as the big. gentle giants I, I don't know how gentle they yeah. are but they look scary but apparently they're not mm-hmm. too yeah they're not mean yeah people have this perception that bees will just go on and attack you uh well, well they do only when Provoke. you disturb their yeah. nest too much yeah they disturb their nest too much or if it's an individual bee you kind of annoy them too much but generally, they'll, they'll, they'll just leave you alone because their main target is the flowers, not you. Yeah. So they'll just go forage for flowers. And yeah, like I said before, go to a flower patch. Like if you go to a flower patch during the spring or during the summer, you're guaranteed to see bees. So you have a higher... So it's going to a flower patch will just increase your chances of seeing them. Yeah. And in terms of photography, are they hard? Yeah, because bees, they're, they're really quick. Uh, they, they, the, the wings are the wings like they, they flap really quickly, and they move around really quickly. So it's a bit of a challenge to actually photograph them. But there is one species of bee that I would say, generally, if you know where to look, it's actually very easy to photograph. So in Hong Kong, there's a species. Uh, there's this genus called Amahila, so all, all known as a blue-banded bee. Now, a very unique behavior of this bee is that when at night, the male bees will actually, they won't go back to the nest. The male bees will actually bite onto twigs or blades of grass, and then they'll rest throughout the night, unless you, you disturb them too greatly. So they, you, they, they're, just... they're sleeping out in the open. Yeah, they're sleeping out in the open. So I've seen clusters of them. I've recently just seen the, my first cl- a blue banded bee cluster where I think there's more than 10 bees on one single branch. 
Wow. And they're all just bite, biting on there, and they generally don't, you, you, they won't, they won't like see you as a threat. They'll just sleep. Another species that does this is the Nomia bee. Uh, it's similar to the blue banded bee, but in appearance-wise, they're slightly different. But they exhibit the same behavior. They sleep as a cluster on twigs and sometimes grass as well. Yeah, wow, that must be quite an interesting sight just to see all these bees perched yeah. on some twigs falling asleep mm-hmm. in the night. Um, yeah. Because for, for many people, I mean, myself included, I used to always think bees would sleep in hives, in their beehives, but not sort of in the yeah. outdoors. So that's that, yeah, that's quite I, fascinating. I think, it's only the, I think it's only the male bees that do that, based on what I looked at. I don't think female bees do this. It's generally just male behavior. And there's also one more species of bee that does it. Uh, it's called a cuckoo bee or, or a cloak and dagger bee. So it's this very unique looking bee. So for the blue banded bee, you still have a little bit of yellow. Yeah. But for this uh, cuckoo bee, there's no yellow at all. It's basically a blue and black bee. Um, white, and it also mimics the behavior of, of the blue banded bee, which it kind of roosts throughout the night. Now, why does it kind of mimic the appearance and the behavior of a blue banded bee? Is actually, you know how you know cuckoo the bird that where it goes flying to a nest, a, a, a nest that's not its own, lay an egg in it, lay an egg in it, and then the baby will kind of like grow and then just kind of kick the others out of the nest, right? Yeah. And kind of make the make the family its own. The cuckoo bee does the same thing. So it will go to a blue banded bee nest, and it would lay an egg, lay, lay eggs in it, and. The larvae of a cuckoo bee, which is generally more bigger than the larvae of a blue banded bee, and they would kind of like take over the space. They'll take over. They'll they require more food, so they'll they'll get more attention from the blue banded bees, and then they'll grow. And then as they mature, when they grow into an adult, the females they will fly out and then do the same thing: find find another blue banded bee nest and then parasiticize it. Oh my gosh, that's so clever yeah. and dangerous and. scary. Yeah. and scary at the same time that it's a very very sneaky smart. little trick yeah yeah but but for this bee I, now even with the parasitism behavior that exhibits it still goes around and foraging for nectar mm. so if you still it, it's not too uncommon i would say i'm starting to see a little bit more starting from last year but maybe because i haven't been i didn't know where to look before but then i've seen quite a few since last year so if you want to see this beautiful cloak and dagger bee uh, I think there's only one species in Hong Kong, uh, so you can just go to a flower patch and you may you can maybe see some of them flying around. They're really, really beautiful bees. And for the roosting behavior of this cuckoo bee, I haven't seen it yet, but it is something that I would really, really love to see in the wild one day. Yeah. Um, well, uh, Marco, you know you're an avid photographer. When you're uh, when you're uh, f- uh, photographing bees or sort of these insects are very quick. What are some skills and tricks you have? Do you sort of set up the camera and tripod and just sort of wait patiently, or do you have I don't know bait? Are you allowed to have some flowers there ready for them? I don't uh, know. How, how does it work? Um, generally, I won't use baiting because that's kind of unethical because you're kind of disrupting uh, the, uh. the 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 daily activities of a bee. So all I would do is go maybe, so for di- for diurnal bees, so the bees around the day, I would just go to a flower patch. I don't use tripods because I find them a bit heavy to carry and a bit cumbersome yeah. if I want to move around to a different spot. And I'll just have my camera and wait. And then a tri- uh, maybe a good tip for photographing bees is actually shooting them continuously. So for camera, there's a function where you can shoot continuous photos yeah. and and you press the shutter really for, for a while and then it just shoots quite a lot of images at, at, a, at the same time and 
that point you can probably i've seen photographers from australia get bees in flight so that they captured them so still in flight that the wings even if they're fluttering so quickly they look still wow they're like, they're like frozen in motion and so it's that's not blurry it's not blurry not blurry, wow. blurry. they're captured in midair frozen in time and it is a really really beautiful sight to see because usually we just see them flying around and some other photographers they would probably catch them uh actually diving into flowers or landing on flowers yeah. and that's where they kind of stay still for a little bit but capturing them in flight is i would say it, the effects are really really cool but it's generally a much more difficult task to do and for the bees sleeping at night uh what i've been told is try to find them at waist height so the plant the, the twigs and the branches are sometimes around waist height and I'll just look, and, and once you see them, they're very easy to photograph. If it's not too windy, then you, you can just like stabilize the grass a little bit, hold onto the grass a little bit, and just photograph. They're very easy to photograph. Yeah. Well, last question, Marco. I'm learning so much from you, by the way. I'm sure listeners are um, as well. We're on Facebook this afternoon, Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3, and we're chatting with Marco Chan, uh, who is a wildlife photographer and also an ecology student uh, now studying at HKU. Um, round about which time of the year is sort of uh, good for, for uh, bee watching? Uh, so bees, like we've talked about throughout this uh, throughout this chat, are heavily tied to flowers. So, but they don't have, they, they aren't specialized. So for example, it's, like, it's, not, it's not like a bee only pop, it only go visits one species one of flower. Species they just, yeah. yeah, they just, they just visit any kind of flower that they can find. And generally, if you want to see bees, you've got to you've got to notice when the flowers bloom. So generally, around spring to summer, and that's when most of the flowers start to bloom. And if the weather's good enough, you get a hot day, sunny day, then you'll get to see lots of bees around. Yeah, excellent. Um, Marco, remind our listeners once again: how can we find you on social media and and follow you on Instagram? Uh, so my Instagram name is that underscore b underscore guy. And you can check out all my wildlife photos. I don't just have insects, I have spiders and some reptiles and amphibians there as well. Excellent. It's a really, really great uh, page. And last time uh, we, we talked about spiders and I look forward to inviting you on perhaps to talk about wasps, which is sort of uh, sure. the, the more scary version of bees. You'd be surprised yeah. how many people are still confused between the two. Sometimes, you know, yeah. you'll see, um, um, okay, I'll save that for, for another day, but sometimes um, a wasp will fly into the office and then the ladies, mm. I'm like, it's a bee. I'm like, no, it's a wasp. <laughs> Stay down. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It'll sting. Yeah. <laughs> Get it away. <laughs> <laughs> Clear the open the window. Yeah. <laughs> oh well, Marco. Clear the area. <laughs> well, uh, thank you so much for joining us today, and I look forward to more chats with you uh, next time. Thank you so much. Yeah. Bye thank for you now. For inviting me. Bye.